This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by uh, one of our favorite leaders at Becker's Healthcare, long-term leader, editor-in-chief, Laura Derrida. Laura joins us graciously weekly and periodically to talk about what issues she's watching closely in healthcare. Laura, I'll, I'll sort of you know, tee it up and let you tell us what are a couple of the issues that you're watching closely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Scott. And I've got three quick stories for us today. Certainly some big financial news as well as looking into partnerships within the health care and health system space. First and foremost, we're starting to see the results come in from the 2023 calendar year. And HCA Healthcare reported its revenues just recently on January 30th. Our revenues were $17.3 billion for the fourth quarter, which was up from $15.5 billion over the same period last year. And looking at the whole year results, HCA has posted $65 billion for the year, a nearly 8% increase from 2022. And, you know, that's for revenue. But uh, looking at net income, they did report net income as well to around $5.2 billion. Um, that was down 7%, but it was still great to see an income over a loss. Um, HCA CEO Sam Hazen um, said the system experienced a demand for services across the portfolio and was able to improve cost trends, which allowed the system to end the year with a solid fourth quarter performance. It's also important to note that outpatient surgery cases were up for the year around 2.1%, while inpatient surgery cases jumped just 1.3%. So definitely continuing to see the trend towards outpatient cases and outpatient surgery within HCA. For the next year, ACA anticipates revenue will hit around 67 to $70 billion, um, while income remains somewhat flat at $5.2 to $5.6 billion as well. So that's first and foremost, what we're seeing, typically ACA kicks off a lot of the other health systems releasing their financial reports. And so we'll keep an eye on that and continue to report on those trends over the next few weeks here. No, fascinating. It seems like HCA continues to operate well, notwithstanding all the different challenges in the healthcare business. They seem to have a, a, a really careful grasp of a lot of things. They have some advantages in that they're a for-profit, not a not-for-profit. Some would say they have some disadvantages because they're they're paying taxes. But at the end of the day, you know, they 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 don't have some of the other community benefit needs, but seem to be doing a tremendous job of keeping the machine moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that definitely um, seems to be our read on it. And, you know, um, we've got a lot of different things going on right now. And so we'll definitely continue to um, keep an eye on HCA as per usual. And the second thing I was looking at for today was um, consolidation, obviously, is heating up within the healthcare space. But we're also seeing more and more fight against that from the FTC, as well as in some cases, um, potential acquisitions or M&A deciding not to move forward because they're seeing the increased scrutiny from the Federal Trade Commission. And most recently, we saw the FTC sue Novant Health to block a $320 million acquisition of two North Carolina hospitals from uh, Tennessee-based community health systems. The FTC said that Novant's proposed agreement to acquire the hospitals from community health systems posed a risk of increased prices for health care as well as diminish the incentives for quality and innovative care. Um, the FTC also argued that the agreement between Novant and CHS would allow Novant control over around 65% of the inpatient general acute care services market in East Lake Norman area of North Carolina. So, you know, they're definitely keeping an eye on um, these acquisitions and how health systems are moving in different communities. Um, with limited alternatives for these services, Novant could raise rates, it could lead to increased annual health care costs. 
um, according to the FTC. So these allocated costs would be then transferred to patients, um, and that would be challenging to, to a competitive healthcare environment in that space. And so the FTC has doing to block that and really aims to try to keep healthcare competitive. Um, so that's something we're watching as well, because it, it seems like there's been a lot of um, more activity there than usual. And certainly we want to make sure that as healthcare continues to grow and develop and evolve, um, it, it remains competitive in different markets and certainly accessible to patients. Fascinating. It does seem to me that the FCC is so horribly misguided, but it is what it is. It's the world we live in. So we've talked about HCA. We've talked about the FTC being active in stopping this acquisition by Novant of two CHS hospitals or so. Just horribly misguided from my perspective and the FTC's perspective, but then people have different perspectives. Laura, tell us about the third story that you're watching. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the third thing I'm watching is you know, many of the executives that I've talked to um, over the years so far have really seen 2024 as being a year of creative partnerships needing to do more and think outside the box in order to keep their organizations running. Um, and we're seeing examples of that play out. Um, Ohio State University, Baxter Medical Center, and CBS Accountable Care launched an ACO aimed to improve the quality of care for Medicare beneficiaries by state providers in central Ohio. So um, really seeing this, you know, new partnership between CBS Accountable Care and Western Medical Center as moving forward to combine resources for more patients as well as coordinate care and longitudinal care management, um, addressing both medical and social needs. Western and CBS Accountable Care clinical teams will initially focus on supporting that transition of care for all the ACO beneficiaries after hospitalization, providing medical and social support to them, um, especially those with higher risk of hospital readmissions. And then we'll continue to provide a clinical care team that will be high touch for those patients, making sure they get them the resources that they need and continue to schedule visits and that they're following care plans. So ideally they'll be able to prevent additional um, medical resources that would be needed. So this is just another way that we're seeing hospitals and health systems really partner with different um, non-traditional healthcare companies in order to serve their patient populations better. Thank you very, very much. And Laura, as we head into 2024, what's the feeling of optimism versus pessimism you hear from health systems? Do you have a sense of what you're hearing and what you're feeling? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, the sense that I'm getting from a lot of the C-suite executives, whether it's CEOs, uh, CFOs on down, is really a sense of optimism and actually excitement about the challenges ahead. I don't think anyone's backing away from the fact that, you know, margins are still tight. There's still going to be staffing shortages as well as, um, you know, financial issues with inflation, um, supply costs continuing to be high. But they're also looking at um, the next few years as a really important space to be able to innovate and grow and develop and potentially even change healthcare delivery as we know it with the technology coming in, artificial intelligence, um, and really being able to think about healthcare differently um, because there, there's a need to. You know, they have to be able to provide care for the communities, and certainly in some areas of hospitals um, may be closing or cutting services, and others are trying to figure out how they're going to care for patients. That certainly is stressful, but at the same time, um, it's a great opportunity to do something new and different and really be on the forefront of what it means to transform healthcare with different partners and, and different um, 
different companies and, and communities and opportunities to grow and develop. And so I think I'm hearing a lot of excitement from the executives in the C-suite and then on down too, it just is really being able to be um, in this time and in this space in healthcare that's really setting the tone for the next several years. Laura, it is always great to visit with you. It's one of the highlights of my week. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We'll get this out tomorrow so people hear the most recent stories here. ACA, uh, some optimism about this year. Novant, the CHS deal, the FTC, in my view, overreaching, but it's the FTC, so you can't say anything. Uh, but thank you so much for uh, joining us, as always. Thank you. Thanks so much, Scott. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.